Demons Discuss, take 33. The one with the puny son. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We're your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I'm Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello, guys. Hi, listeners. Hello, ladies. Hi, Valerie. Hi, Angelina, (laughs) Valerina. Starting already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we are. Um, uh, Well, since I have you on the line, Angelina, Valerina, what's this show about? This show is about Chapter 9, Shadow of Night, getting our groove on with Felicity. And the household. Yay. It's a busy, busy day. <laughs> it is. Except tours. Yay. But we have a lot of discusser emails. So, Gene, why don't you start with yours? Oh, mine, 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 mine. It's Steven. Yay. Yay. Yay, Steven. <laughs> Hello, delicious demons. Yes, he called us delicious. Mmm, nummy. Two new, th- <laughs> <laughs> Two new things jumped out to me on my latest read of chapter nine. When Diana was smelling the rosemary from Martha's cutting table, table. Did she almost make a transitory connection through time to Rima in the 21st century when Rima herself was sniffing the remains of the rosemary left in Diana's own commonplace book? I like the different scents associated with the characters. And in this chapter, Louisa is described as having the scent of roses and civet, a natural animal ingredient formerly included in some premium cham- champagne, <laughs> premium <laughs> perfume like Chanel number no. one. I think that Deborah must have had a wine tasting aroma set for inspiration plus picking scents of sulfur and brimstone incense and the natural ingredients of perfume, ambergris, musk, and civet. P.S. In the Book of Life, when Diana first visits a congregation in Venice, Rima asks, pardon my presumption, madam, but have we met? You seem so familiar. This shows a tentative connection from Shadow of Night. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. Shout, Stephen. I love a I good connection. in a while. Shouts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Angela, who do you have? I have Jody. She says, hello, darling demons. Before I respond to chapter nine, I want to tell you how happy I was to wake up and see the one with the prince notification this morning. I just can't take another minute of news these days. Your episodes are always a welcome companion during my daily 30-minute commute to school where I teach. Thank you. You are welcome. On to Chapter 9. I always have more questions than answers when it comes to Philippe, and I'm always both thoroughly annoyed and amused by Philippe's antics in this chapter. He toys with both Diana and Matthew like a cat or a lion, praying with its prey. He must know his unregulated movement startles Diana, and his voice resonates in her ears. He flings insults at Matthew and gets him all riled up. Then he smoothly switches to linguistic challenges and hands her the keys to the household. On first read, I didn't realize he was testing her. In fact, it wasn't until he confesses his plan in later chapters that I understood what he was up to. She goes on a little bit to describe how her heart aches for Matthew in spite of his constant brooding. He he feels tortured. Uh, She goes on a little bit too to talk about Diana and says, so Diana goes about her business of trying to blend in and it's the scent of rosemary that triggers a memory. She sees the blue and amber threads and senses another creature in another time. This made me very uneasy the first time I read it, especially after the previous chapter's talk of Gerbert. I now, I wonder what Was it Stephen? If not Stephen, who could it be? And then she goes on to talk a little bit about Diana, Alain, and Pierre and discusses the upcoming celebrations. And she says, I've mentioned this before, but the talk of Saturnalia and Christmas reminds me of a song by Dar Williams, The Christians and the Pagans. And we'll be sure to put the link in the show notes. And she closes with, anyway, Matthew finally returns. The ride with Philippe has settled him and his spirits are high. What did they talk about while they were gone? And why is Philippe suddenly deferring to her and his voice now friendly? Diana is unnerved by a warning gaze and believes he is up to something. Ha, that's an understatement. Uh, I'll go to the close and she says, so excited to purchase con tickets. Looking forward to upcoming episodes and my demon's tote bag. Yay! Thanks for all you do, Jody. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Jody. Thank you. All right. So mine 
is from Melanie, and she says, Greetings, demons. Chapter 9 Thoughts. Wait, they serve spice wine for breakfast? We need to bring that tradition to present day. Once again, we see how Matthew's emotions get the better of him and prove his short-sightedness when he discusses wanting to leave Septors immediately. Diana manages quite well in learning the household and working with Alain, Pierre, and Chef. One of my favorite quotes from this section. We don't lock up books in this house, Philippe said. Only food, ale, and wine. Reading, uh, say that with me. Herodotus? It's Herodotus. Yeah, Herodotus. Herodotus. Thank you, my dear. Herodotus. (laughs) And and what's the second one? Aquinas? Aquinas. 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 Like the high school. (laughs) That's the only reason I know it. (laughs) That's what I say. I can read it, but in my head, I don't know what it sounds like. So Aquinas. Seldom leads to bad behavior. I think this is where we see Philippe's humor come through for the first time. I recall being annoyed with him the first time though at this point, but rereading this section always makes me chuckle. He's quite humorous. Thank you, Melanie. Thank, Thank you, Melanie. Melanie. All right. We have more. Oh, yes. Uh, New England Angela. Hey, girl. Hey, Angela. Woohoo! Good morning, Lady Demons. One quick question on Chapter 9. Did anyone else notice the keywords at the beginning of the chapter were cold-driven and by the end of the chapter there is a spring thaw and the cold words disappear? Almost as though Diana has broken through the ice and Philippe is now warming up to her presence. Love the chapter and Diana learning to play house and outsmarting Philippe at his game. One more quick question. How is the silver salt Matthew is fiddling with connected to the salt crock Diana has in her New Haven house? Question mark. Hmm. Big question mark. Yeah. Demon kisses, Angela. I was also thinking of when she brought up the silver salt as uh, Matthew playing with the sugar packs. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Oh, right. When he was making a little fort. Yeah. I do like that observation though about the starting with the icy and ending with the spring thaw. Yeah, because, I know. Yeah. That's a great observation. Just like too, when Diana was felt the, the cold or frozen stare on her and then it turned to ice, snowflakes when Matthew started to walk with her. Snowflakes. Yeah. Oh, snowflakes are pleasant. Yeah. Icy stairs, not. <laughs> right. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you, who do you have, Angela? I Any have, more? yes, I have one from Lauren. She says, hi, demons. I love how Diana finally starts carving out a space for herself in the 16th century in chapter nine. Philippe's forced division of the couple helps her take control of her surroundings and embrace the rituals of Septur. Being in charge of the keys finally gives Diana the power to take care of herself by ordering clothes, commandeering a workspace, and educating herself about the household and how it should be run, unlike her life in Woodstock. It's refreshing to see her becoming more comfortable in her new time without Matthew. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. Awesome observations. Okay, so this is from Yovana. I think, I I hope I said that right, but thank you, Yovana, for sending that so we can say it right, because, you know, we were singing the Keith Sweat song. I wanna. (laughs) (laughs) But no, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. No, no. Thanks for correcting us, because it would have been bad. Yeah. Uh, she says, hello, demons. Wow, I cannot believe I had the time to read, listen, and respond to your email this one time. I love Matthew's seemingly out of place whisper on the boat at the start of the chapter. Okay, help me with the, uh, she says it in Latin, so I can't say it. Immensi. So. Yeah. Immensi tremor oceani. Oceani. Yep. Okay, so the trembling of the immense ocean. I never knew what to make of it, but for me, with the more rereads I do, this phrase is a glimpse into Matthew's soul. In his ocean of emotions. Oh, that could be a song in itself. (laughs) (laughs) 
that are trembling and the precariousness of the opening scene and indeed the whole journey to Septour really accentuates this. Even though the chapter seems to start with Matthew leading by the time we meet Philippe, Diana is stepping forward and already winning him over with her candor and transparency. My first impression of Philippe on my first read was pretty ambivalent at this stage. It was clear he was powerful, but as to whether he was going to be likable or be an ally was not apparent to me further on. Of course, with each reread, I now recognize the characteristic parts of Philippe that I love here. And now knowing what is coming, I see him differently. Mm -hmm. What a fantastic character. I'm really looking forward to hearing more about his background. I hope you have time to touch on that. Hercules, etc. I have not had a chance to dig through this material myself, but I am intrigued by it. I also noticed on this reread, Matthew Good and Teresa Palmer have completely embodied the roles of Matthew and Diana in my head. I can't wait to see who will play Philippe. This is going to be a tough role to cast. Thanks, Demons. Have a great show. Love. Ivana or Ivana from Australia. Ivana. Thank you. Ivana. Ivana. Thank you. Thank you. As always, I have to highly recommend that you check out the link in the show notes to the full emails because like Jody had a lot of great points and I had to shorten it a little bit, but everyone had great observations. Yes, as always. As always. So we're starting off with Very the chapters, nice. right? Yes. Okay. We're opening the chapter and Matthew is loitering. That's true. The loitering Lothario. <laughs> All right. Say that three times fast. Loitering Lothario. Uh, (laughs) You only get the one time. I can't say that three times. (laughs) We'll have an incident like at last episode. It'll be bad. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We don't need that. (laughs) So we left off with uh, Philippe granting Diana protection and shelter as Septour. She's in a bedroom near Philippe's, pondering Matthew's secrets and Philippe's actions and life in general. We open up chapter nine. Diana exits her bedroom only to find Matthew brooding on the floor. Diana is wearing Louisa's clothing, smelling like roses and civet. That's where we open. Yep. Yeah, civet is a strong smell. It is. I remember my mother had a perfume that was heavy on civet when I was little. Give me an example of something that's civet, like a perfume that's civet driven. I, I don't know that I recall the smell. Is it musky? Yeah, it's very musky because it's like from some glands in a cat. So yeah, so like that musk, what was that popular musk cologne when we were growing up. Wild Must by Cody. <laughs> yes, and it came yeah. in, it came in, well, here's the weird thing. In the early 70s, they had a set with the Wild Musk and it had an ambergris and a civet. I love the way that smelled. Wild Musk by Cody. I can picture the bottle. I used to beg my mom to buy it for me. It's, and she said, no, you're too young. Oh my God, it smelled so good. It did smell good. I remember it smelling good, at least to my 10-year-old <laughs> year olf- olfactory senses. <laughs> Uh, I want to smell like this every day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sex and discos, mom. Sex and discos. (laughs) And that was uh, the next step up was like uh, Calvin Klein's obsession, which kind of had a similar smell. It kind of had like similar undertones. Even 10 years later, five, 10 years later when that was. I know. But that's what what brought you back. It's really spicy too. Yeah. But now I smell it. I'm like, oh, that's awful. I walked past somebody the other day who had poison on. I couldn't, it's like, gosh, I remember, I haven't smelled that in years. Poison, wow. Or, or Elizabeth Arden's uh, Red Door. Remember that? Or beautiful. Oh, God, that gave me a headache. Yeah. yeah. Red Door gave me such a headache. Okay. So I'm giving you the, okay, this would give me a headache. Roses and Civet, <laughs> uh, the, the combination yeah. of the two, and she says suffocatingly thick last night. So I can only imagine, I can't wear perfume myself, so I can only imagine being surrounded by, I mean, was it the clothes or, because that's Louisa's scent. Right. It would have been what everything that was trapped in the bed 
bed yeah. curtains, I bet. Yeah, the Just, bed curtains. The the whole bedroom would probably smell like oh, this. Goodness. It was stank of whorish vampire. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that, that would depend who's smelling it. Somebody would find it lovely. Roses, no. That, Family Domenico. <laughs> roses is a strong smell. I mean, Very strong on its yeah. own. Sure. Yes, yes. Yeah. And the funny thing is, it's usually undercut with sandalwood. Yes. That's a really popular combination. A very expensive combination if it's going to be all natural oil, too. Mm. So, I mean, I think part of the reason of her smelling like roses and civet is just because it's very expensive and... Lush. Yes. And rich. Dif- and difficult to get. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah. Some, the civet especially is in short supply. It's kind of like those coffee beans that get pooped out by the cat, which I think <laughs> maybe a civet. Oh, those are like the, the $100 cup of coffee? No, thanks. Yeah, that might be, that might be civet poop coffee. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Cat poop. (laughs) She clears the air and it says, I took a deep breath of cold, clear air and sought out the notes of clove and cinnamon. That, I mean, God, I love Matthew, but that would not be (laughs) any more comforting. That would would be like, (laughs) the fact that she finds it refreshing tells me a lot about civet and roses, how heavy that is. Yes. Cloves and cinnamon, because too much of that is her frame of mind. No, true. True. She is. That's Matthew's scent. That's how she associates it. She's a love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder if she'd feel the same about germ cigarettes. What kind of cigarettes? The clove ones. Oh, right. Ugh. Don't you remember clove cigarettes? From yeah. Back in the dawn of time? Yeah. From my Elizabeth Arden uh, red door days? Yes, I would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so Philippe shows up and he's like, you are too old to moon about the antechambers, Matthias. He's, he's just everywhere, it seems. It's like everywhere they're having a private conversation. Here's Philippe. Yeah. He's like, hey. <laughs> and do you know what the interesting thing was, too, is like once she she shook that smell, mm-hmm. they put the black wool robe on her and she likens it to her academic regalia. It's like she's putting on armor. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Where she feels com- yeah. where she feels comfortable. Right. And warm. Yeah. I mean, she talks about the added layer of warmth. So it's like kind of like protecting herself from the cool reception she's gotten so far. I like that he said the 12th century was not good for yes, you. We allowed I was going to say that. <laughs> yes. We allowed to read entirely too much poetry. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> well, you remember what happened in the 12th century, don't you? Remind us. Yes. Da, da, da. Matthew got called back to the Holy Land from Paris yep. and the whole Eleanor of St. Leger thing happened. He was happy to be studying philosophy under Abelard. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And talk about poetry. I mean, the story of Eloise and Abelard oh, is yes. like the epic, heartbreaking. I mean, they make Romeo and Juliet look like pikers. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. To, to use one of my grandmother's phrases. Yes. So sorry, I, I cut you off, Jean, because they were indulging Matthew and Philippe, yeah. t- Philippe brought that to a screeching halt. Yes, this is true. Yeah, he's he's kind of a party pooper. <laughs> and he goes on to say, compose yourself before the men see you, please. Yes. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he had more to compose than Abelard did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got you guys pay for the history and you get the dick jokes for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so what you guys think of this? She smells like a beehive at midsummer and it will take time for the household to grow accustomed to her scent. So we're getting all these scent signatures from different people from different points of view. A beehive at midsummer. What does a beehive at midsummer smell like? I never get close. Honey and green. 
mean? And yeah. The kind it, of things that give me a headache. It, it echoed the same sentiment that Isabel had, except for it wasn't dripping with disdain. Right. Just green and spring. Yeah. And I, I think it was, it wasn't dripping with disdain. It was just like, oh, geez, this woman's trouble. She's trouble. She even smells like trouble. Right. And then we don't want any unfortunate bloodshed based on her scent. I'm like, oh, dear. Goodness. What the hell is she getting herself into? He's very matter of fact. It's all observations. You know, it's like mm-hmm. he's not threatening, but he's just uh, making observations. I mean, we don't want any unfortunate bloodshed, which is true. <laughs> right. We don't. Right. Yeah. And then Matthew goes on to complain. Oh, God, why are you separating us? This is stupid. We're husband and wife. <laughs> oh, my God. He was such a whiner in this chapter. I know. God, take him out on the horseback already. I can't stand listening to him. <laughs> and then uh, Philippe's like, nope, you're not. Thank God. Go down. I'll be down there soon. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, Philippe is something. He, he, that's and, that's the impression I got throughout the whole chapter. He's just something. Oh, my God. And Matthew is just such a whiny teenager. Yeah. He's the one you want to smack. It's almost like right here, the axis is starting to turn. The tables are starting to turn. This is the point where Diana is becomes wanting to take charge. And Matthew is like, no, we'll leave. We'll just go back. You know, and, like no plan whatsoever. Just, yeah, he's be, regressing. Yeah. Well, and she and she finally admits to herself, at least, yeah, everything Matthew's come up with so far, he hasn't worked out well. Right. And he starts like, I've seen my father. We'll leave. It's cool now. We're good now. And uh, Diana's like, no. No, it's it's so not good. <laughs> and he's like, no, coming here was unwise. And then she's like, where are we supposed to go? Seriously, she's, she's and, starting to see the big picture. I mean, she, she yes. rattles off all the failed plans and like, we can't go here. We can't go here. We can't go there. We we have no choice but to plant our feet and move forward here. And at this point, he's yeah. just spiraling himself into crazy. He, he doesn't like the games he perceives that Philippe is playing and he yeah. just can't deal. He's just like, no, no, this is not the way I want things to go. So right. <gasps> let's go now. Now. Let's go to Italy. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if Baldwin... Really not a good if, idea. Philippe's letting him go on and kind of like just spinning out of control and he's kind of watching him and being amused. But if Baldwin was there, he'd say, would you stop and think? You know, someone's got to say it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he's like, oh, she knows the Tuscan tongue. And he's she's like, what? I know how to order freaking <laughs> on an Italian restaurant menu, but I don't know how to speak Italian. But right. when, and Philippe's like, oh, well, that's good for her. But to Badger not going to Florence, though. Right. <laughs> well, and sandwiched in between those, first it's like, let's go to Milan. He's like, oh, Milan's not going to work. He's like, oh, well, we can go to Florence. Well, Florence is even worse. I mean, the last time he was there, he pissed off the Borgias. He pissed off the de Medici's. It was the first Italian war. And Italy is in total disarray because Matthew was at the <laughs> right hand of Charles Seventh, and they pissed everybody off in the Italian League. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. It's the Borgias. If you want, it, want the Italian war, watch the Borgias. Right. And then here comes Philippe. He's like, well, we tried the Italian route. Parlez-vous Francois, madame? <laughs> like, yeah, do, you, like, do you speak the French? <laughs> you know? yes. She's like, how about Latin? <laughs> yeah, no. I can read it, but yeah, no. Greek was like a real long shot. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was, that was yeah. pushing it. But he, yeah. he does go on to say she's going to have to get more fluent in French and Latin because only a few of their servants are speak English. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And none at all below stairs. And I'm just thinking that's an upstairs, downstairs thing. And I'm thinking yep. those are the servants below the stairs. And then he tosses her the key ring. And at this point, I know I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Right. <laughs> right. Well, but what's even funnier is, is that there's that exchange between 
Matthew and Philippe about basically, you know, what's wrong with this girl? She can't speak any language that people actually use. And then Matthew's like, yeah, she's really smart, Dad. We just don't learn those languages anymore. And which is kind of funny because he seems to think that Philippe's opinion is that women should remain uneducated. Right. So there's like this dichotomy going on just in himself. I mean, he's contradictory right there. It's like, well, women shouldn't be very smart, but wait, you don't speak six languages? Right. How is that? Yeah, yeah. What's your idea of uneducated Philippe? I don't know. I I just think Matthew's projection of Philippe to Diana was just 10 kinds wrong. And this was the first demonstration that we're not only is Diana seeing it, we're seeing it. It's like everything that Matthew is. We kind of got an idea in the last book, but this time we're really seeing his perception of things really rules how he relays information. Diana's taking his word for a lot of things, but once she sees it, she's like, oh God, Matthew is just... Totally off base. Yeah. He's, he's totally off base. I can't trust yeah. whatever he's going to tell me. Uh, and it's not its not a matter of deception. It's a matter of his own misperception. His perception. Misperception yeah. right, right. is just so skewed. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's so heartbroken at having to face his father, but now that he's there, he's just being a total ass. Yeah. yeah. He's being a, a total ass. Like, if he was like a teenager slamming doors, that would be him. He'd be like, no. Yes. The eye rolling, you. the stomping. I uh, have yeah. it right now. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. And just in case you didn't hear me slam the door first time, I'm going to open it up and yell again and slam it harder. Yes. And go <laughs> and, her- and and add a big old sigh at the end. Oh, like, it's, <gasps> not, it's that and it's ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Okay. So Matthew grabs the keys and he's like, Diana won't be here long enough to trouble herself with the household. Wait, before we move on to that, I just want to, t- this is kind of a massive spoiler, not for you guys and not for our regular listeners, but for anyone who hasn't read the book of life, but we do give our fair warning that we do do spoilers. The program yep. that's running in the background for me all the time in this chapter is Philippe's quote in the book of life. You're the one. And he said, as soon as I saw you, I knew you were the one. So I kind of like, I don't know, it's always like swirling around when I'm reading what he's saying, what he's doing. And I I, I don't know, I didn't get that feeling. I mean, obviously, I didn't get that feeling when I when they first met, like she was the one immediately. But I kind of am watching it take shape now. I said to get that out of the way. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. She, he's like, she's not going to trouble herself to run the household. And she's all like, well, which one of these opens the library? You know? Right. Wow. She's like ready for this. She's like, yeah, bring it. I'm ready to do this. And then I like this. We don't lock up books in this house. Only food, ale, and wine. Reading uh, her, say that again, Herodotus. It's Herodotus. Herodotus and Aquinas. 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 All right. Yay. Aquinas. Aquinas. Okay. Now it's like embedded in there. Aquinas. You're welcome. He's not a fun guy, really, and truly. No. He's kind of a bore. So he says, reading those things seldom lead to bad behavior. You don't get high schools named after you if you're exciting. No. <laughs> no, you don't. Mm-hmm. Although Herodot- Herodotus has been called uh, kind of a blusterer as far as historians go. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's got a bit of a bad reputation, but reading history is supposedly going to keep you out of trouble, apparently. I guess we'll have to ask Deb about that. I love that Philippe keeps calling Matthew Matthios, like just to get under his skin. It's kind of like he's, he doesn't even have to say his whole name, like uh, is 
vegetable resorts too. It's he can yeah. just say Matthias and <laughs> in his lazy drawl. Yeah. yeah, you can hear Matthew's eyes rolling, yes. eyes rolling on the page. <laughs> and then he grins and he's like, "You didn't lose your competitiveness when you lost your sense." I see. Leave the household to your women and join me on a ride. You look puny and you need proper <laughs> exercise. <laughs> puny. I love that word, puny. <laughs> it's gone out of fashion. I think we need to bring it back. We just have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. We're bringing puny back. Uh. <laughs> It's, it's going to be in our catalog forever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. So Philippe is getting ready to ride. He's like, yeah, meet me outside. I'm going to be out there with the horses. And then uh, Matthew's turning to or Diana and saying, you know, what are you up to? What's going on? And then I guess prior to that, they were talking about Isabeau being in Trier. 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 Mm-hmm. And uh, Diana brings that back and says, why is Isabeau in Trier? And Matthew's like, what does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep going. Right. No, no, no. I think I do want to go out for a ride now. I'm not going to stay yeah. here. With, I, I don't need to stay here with you anymore. I need to leave. Yeah. I, I got to go. It's like, of course, you know, he's talking about the witch trials in Trier. Yeah. And then the- she's out running around with your parents. <laughs> And then this conversation happens. Diana was talking about, oh, we're not fully mated. We're not doing, we're not married. And Matthew rose to his feet. If you love me, then my father's words won't have the power to dissolve our promises to each other. Any more than the congregation can make us abide by the covenant. If you truly love me. And then she says, if you truly love me, you would give yourself to me, body and soul. And at this point, I'm just like, okay, I'm with Diana here. You know, why haven't you given out the D? What's going on? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And looking back at it now, I could tell that Matthew was ruled by his blood rage. He he just he had that in the back of his mind and he knew the fact that he was a blood rage vampire. His feelings would be more intense. He would be more driven to cause destruction. I don't know. I, I, that's my take. I don't know how you guys felt. About I don't think that. he knew. He I think he assumed. And then he's got two prior relationships that end badly. Yeah, I, I just think he knows how much it's going to consume himself. I mean, he says it in this one of these passages here where he's like, Philippe and Isabel will split up if they have disagreements and they take other lovers. I can't do that. And Diana agrees, but he's, yeah. we don't know to what level he really means that, which is intense. And yeah. he's still giving, so, yeah. so he's giving her a way out to say, I know the intensity. I'm telling you a smidgen of it. But yeah. seriously, when we mate for real, when we do it, it's, there's no turning back. You're going to be a prisoner, bitch. You're going to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize we were reading some, you know, dubious consent uh Stockholm yeah. <laughs> romance. But then again, that's but. that's that's Matthew's perception. Uh, his perception is yeah. I will in my mind you will belong to me and I will my love will shackle you in a way that you are not ready to handle. And he didn't trust her with that. So still he's just yeah. mm. well and he didn't think it was necessarily a gift to her. Right. I don't know. He kept saying that's not so simple. I warned you with a relationship with a vampire would be complicated. And he didn't warn her that a relationship with this vampire would be complicated. And then she's like, Philippe didn't seem to think so. You know, he's like, hey, why didn't you give her the D? What's going on? We know you didn't. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> you need to write dialogue for the next season, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, we can do it for our urban play. Yeah, <laughs> we're like the thug notes, the thug notes of. Uh... Yeah, you, you you heard it here first, discussers. I think we're going to have an episode called "The One with the D." <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> 
anyway, she goes, Philippe didn't seem to think so. And then he's like, well, then bed him. If it's me you want, you'll wait. I'm like, okay. I like yeah. that was rude. <laughs> I know. <laughs> now, I'm get, rude. now I'm getting upset. <laughs> it was petulant. It was it, it was back to the like pouty teenager again. Fine. If you right. want to go, go sleep with him. Oh, I just got to. Don't be an ass. Just quit being an ass, Matthew. Right. Just got a text. Let's see here. Might want to hold off. I'm sorry, you guys. Might want to hold off on the steaks till tomorrow. Oh, okay. Cool. I don't have to cook. Sorry. <laughs> I was telling Angela how I owed Robert a steak, and I guess I don't. Uh-oh. Not now. Not anymore. Not anymore. This may or may not get edited out, audience. So if I leave it in, just, you know, roll with it. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's mid afternoon. Exactly. It's, it's in keeping with all the housewifely things Diana is doing. Exactly. I don't owe my husband a steak. I also don't have to gather blood for him, but that comes later. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> We learn that there is no such thing as vampire divorce and that couples like Isabel and Philippe take on other lovers and then return to each other when they're ready. And Matthew's all like, nah, that ain't me. And Diana's all like, same, bro. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. I should do the dialogue. I don't know. I'm feeling myself. Yeah. I haven't been drinking, audience. No, I haven't. I'm just no. taking in the text and interpreting it in a way that others might get. You're like spark notes meets thug notes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. I mean, ta- we're, we're talking about speaking multiple language. Is <laughs> that's true? I couldn't pronounce that. Her, her, you know what I'm saying? Herodotus. Herodotus. <laughs> I read it all the time, but I'm like, I never had to vocalize that. All right. So Diana's like, you'd rather be anywhere than here. I know that Matthew, but Hancock was right. I wouldn't last long in a place like London or Paris, where we might be able to find a willing witch, mm-hmm. and other women will spot my differences straight away, and they won't be as forgiving as Walter or Henry. I'll be turned into the authorities or the congregation in a matter of days. So that brings it to the forefront. Come on, Matthew, let's be serious. Well, and then the other thing is, too, in this whole stretch is Matthew's like, oh, yes, don't worry about it. We'll just find another witch. It's like he doesn't understand the, the interpersonal dynamics of women and their relationships, for one. And two, he's been raised as a declaremont and then he's just used to everybody doing jumping, you know, mm-hmm. you, you snap your fingers and they're like, how high do you want me to jump? And he's never put himself in her shoes. It's like, nope. Uh, picture yourself as a witch and how people feel about witches at this point in time. And then there's a whole congregation factor and there's a whole factor that I'm hanging out with you, the vampire. So yeah, I kind of think Matthew needed to hear our panel talk from the last con. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> he needed some empathy. That's right. Yeah, he needed the demon lesson in empathy. All right. So she tells him we need to stay at Septour until I can walk into a room and not draw every curious eye. I have to be able to manage on my own, starting with these. Yes. And I you held know, up the keys to the castle. I had to say she's starting to make sense for me. <laughs> this, is yeah, probably, this is probably yeah. the point that I'm like, yeah, Team Diana, I can do it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Somebody's finally going to beat some sense into him and yeah. it may as well be her. <laughs> it has to be her. He's like, oh, so you want to play house? And she's like, I'm not playing house. I'm playing for keep. She's like, go, go spend time with your father. I'll be too busy to miss you. And I kind of like that. I was Team Diana here too. I was yeah. Team Diana throughout this whole book. Seriously. Not so much the last book. This book, yes. I think that's yeah, why was, Shadow of Night was good for me. I think from yeah. here on out. Yeah, I think this is a turning point for me. Yeah. Of this book, like you said. This sounds really stupid, but that that phrase to me was like very Crystal Carrington from Dynasty when I actually liked her. <laughs> and she talked some, talk some sense into Blake. 
<laughs> Crystal, man. Playing for keeps is a very 70s, 80s kind of thing to say. Yeah. That's Dynasty, man. That was my jam. Yeah. Playing for keeps or, reminds uh, me of our ju- song. Or, or Judith, a Judith Krantz novel. Which song are you referring to, Angela? Um, The one, the, the Gold Girl Guns by, uh, who is that, Jean? Oh, Metric. Metric, yeah. They're oh, playing yes. for keeps. Shows yes, us yes, I'm yes. playing for keeps. Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Which is not Crystal Carrington at all. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Decidedly not. <laughs> so she goes, go, spend time with your father. I'll be too busy to miss you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Boy, be bye. gone. <laughs> bye bye. Exactly. And then uh, she's left with Pierre and Alain. And Pierre's staring out the window and she calls him out on it. Staring out the window doesn't hide your thoughts, Pierre. It's one of your master's few tells. And every time he does it, I know he's concealing something. And then Pierre's all confused. Like, tells? What do you mean, tells? You know? See, I think what this is a switchcraft you speak of. I, well, I, think, I think this is sweet. I like, well, because I love Pierre, but he's like, yeah. it talks about the witchcraft. And I think that it's very clever. Again, how Diana's planting the seeds of the scientific revolution. And it, it just uh-huh. underscores how people really did think at that time. Like, oh my gosh, you have powers of observation. That must be witchcraft. I know. You're, you're paying attention. <laughs> Oh my God, you must be a witch. Right. <laughs> and then Tells, of course, Tells is confused because that's a confusing to Pierre because that's a poker term and poker had not been invented. And now see, if she was smart, she would have taught them how to play poker. I'm telling you, she could have raked him in and like whipped out a pair of sunglasses. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and then use the witchcraft. Then use the witchcraft to turn somebody into a big green blobby thing. Right. <laughs> I just got a picture of them, Diana, Alain, and Pierre sitting playing poker with sunglasses on. Oh, my God. Well, Do you want to be dealt in? Right, if, if you would have made it to modern times, they could have done it. Yeah. 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 It would have been just like weird science, too. Yeah. So I like the way Deb worded this, how she defined tells, an outward sign of inward concern. Like, well, that's a fancy way to say, okay, that's a signal to say you're fucking lying to me. But right. an outward yeah. sign of inward concern. Matthew looks away when he's anxious or doesn't want to tell me something and he runs his finger through his hair when he doesn't know what to do. These are tells. I'm like, huh. And Pierre's like, huh. Indeed he does. <laughs> yeah. And this is where he's like, uh, does my lord know you use the witch's powers? And just like Angela was talking before, it's cool that we're seeing this is how people thought. Mm-hmm. Oh, she uh, she's observant. Oh, she must be a witch. Oh, she, right. you know, she can see stuff. Well, and in that same thing, too. And, you know, she's talking about the observation, not divination. And then Deb goes on to talk about how when she's enshrouded with the scent of paper, leather and stone from the library, her loneliness goes away. That, that's kind of mad. I mean, then she's talking about magic. It's almost like, it, you know, I'm I'm with my books. I'm being a scholar. That's my disguising spell. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And then Alan has to stop this whole conversation because he, he thinks that Pierre's being a little bit yeah. uh, familiar. Yes, a little familiar. Yeah. I didn't, as it's, a reader, I didn't appreciate it. I'm like, let him go on. Come on. <laughs> no, I want to know more. Don't be a stick in the mud, right. Elaine. But then I'm like, oh, yes, that's right. We have business to get to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he says, uh, you have known him for such a short time and yet know so much. And that's where Alain coughed. And Pierre looks horrified. I forget myself, madame. Please forgive me. <laughs> like, oh, Pierre. Oh, I know. You didn't mean anything. You didn't, mean, you didn't mean anything by that. You don't have to ask my forgiveness ever. 
You've got a free pass, Pierre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then she goes on to say, curiosity is a blessing, Pierre. I, I use observation, not divination to know my husband. So she kind of pulls him aside and says, okay, from this time on, if I need something that requires something from Philippe or Matthew, you bring it to me first. We were not going to bother them because she basically just needs them to know that she can handle herself, which was, yeah, I, I don't think I read that on first read. But now that I'm going back to look at it, she's like, I got this. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a chain of command briefing. I am your first line of chain of command. You come back to me. You don't bring mm-hmm. it to Matthew. You don't bring it to Philippe. Snitches well, get I, stitches. I would have to imagine that Philippe is saying the same thing to Ellen. As yeah. much as Ellen yeah. is helping her, you know, he's got to go back and report everything that he's supposed mm-hmm. to not report. Yeah. Poor Ellen. <laughs> uh, he's been doing that. He, that's all, all he's been doing for centuries. God, it's got to be a drag after a while. That's why I really wonder about the servant class. Why don't these people just say, you know what? I'm out. Bye. I got to go. I can't be your <laughs> outies. <laughs> done with it. I'm done with your shit. I got enough money. I can, you know, make a life for myself. I can invest. I got to go. <laughs> this is bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> and then we go visit chef in the kitchens. And what did you guys think of that? The collecting of the blood and everything. The fact that he looks like Popeye. I thought that was fun. <laughs> that Ham's, was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Ham's performs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kept it, I kept trying to picture him with the corn cob pipe. I don't know why. <laughs> and that's from I, slapping around the dough, right? Yeah. His yes. big old forearms. I liked it. I thought it, meeting him was informative for the reader. I like that Diana finally, although through like, she had to be complimentary to win his uh, friendship or approval, but I like that she finally had a friend, some on her side, finally. And then he goes on to explain, mm-hmm. my lord has a delicate stomach and he must be tempted to eat or he'll begin to waste away, thus the puniness. And then I think it was uh, a discusser on the last episode that, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, Angela. Cam- Patricia maybe? No, it was Camille in her voicemail. It was Camille. Oh, it was yeah. Camille. Sorry, Camille. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was Camille in her voicemail. It's like, uh, was him being in the labs, was that taken away from him physically or mentally? And yes, I think so. I, I don't think he had time to be tempted to eat. And I don't think Miriam and Marcus would have thought about that. They were just thinking about feeding themselves and taking care of Matthew's orders to them. Yeah, well... <laughs> All right. Um, And this is where Chef is complaining. I lost my best assistant. I sent him over to England. And Matthew's still not eating. What the hell's going on here? Oh, yeah. I love that part. And it's like, what the hell? You know, nobody's winning with this. Yeah. But see, the thing the Chef doesn't know is this Matthew he's getting is not the Matthew that was in England before. So I'm I'm imagining Uh the prior uh, Matthew from the Times was more beefed up. More robust, for sure. More, more yes. robust, but you know, he's getting the puny one coming back from the future, all punied up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really Pun- using that word. Puny down. <laughs> Puny down. <laughs> Punified. <laughs> He's punified. Right. And then he goes on to lament that Matthew needs blood and he will not take it unless it's prepared just the way he likes it. He goes on to say only silver, glass or pottery should be used to collect blood or he'll refuse it. So silver isn't there. What mm-hmm. what other things did he not that's like? What I, that's what I'm asking. I well. Apparently copper and copper, gold, iron. Right. Um, Tin. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. The other vessels taint the blood with bad odors and taste.
taste. This is pure smell. And this is where Diana's smelling and she's going to taste it. And I, I think it was a law and was like, uh, no, you should not be doing this. But what was so interesting about it is she read that blood like a vampire would. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was so cool. It makes me wonder. This is where Chef is like giving her an approving look like, oh, she really is interested in how Matthew feeds, you know, and she went on to describe the other delicacies in Matthew's diet, uh, beef broth fortified with wine and spices and served cool. You know, he's he's basically telling her how to feed her husband, which is mm-hmm. helpful. Yes. Yeah. Very. The partridge blood. It's but it's got to be just so. Just so. It, right. And not too not too early. <laughs> then he compared him to uh, Isabel and said, you know, Isabel's not so fussy. She eats what she wants. And we saw that earlier in, in A Discovery, which is how she's mm-hmm. like, oh, now we're going to have a rabbit. Now I'm going to have a marmot. Now I'm going to have a <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? It's just French vampire women are just like regular French women. They can eat anything and maintain their figure. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much no, of that I is mean, myth, though. How many of well, them go back and, you know, smoke a half a pack of cigarettes and... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was we're, reading we're about a bad turn here. That... <laughs> I know. No, no. Well, no but, Bye, but French I, listeners. I, oh, my I God. Do, <laughs> I do have a... No, I have a point here because I remember reading an article several years ago that part of the reason that they're able to eat whatever they want and butter and cheese and all the stuff that we've all decided in America are bad, bad. and make you fat. Yes. Is they eat in moderation mm-hmm. and they eat small meals during the day and after a certain point in the evening, they don't eat anything else. They manage their metabolism a lot with, with their cultural habits as far as dining far better than we there, do. There is no French word for supersize. No. <laughs> yes. No, no. They. It's the same with Italians. Italians have about five meals in the middle of the day. They take a nap, go home for the big meal, and that's in the middle of the day. I mean, that's the big... Yeah. Anti-pasta, pasta, meat, salad, fruit. That's the big meal. And then they have something small at night. And after they eat at mm-hmm. night, they go out and walk. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's a tr- tradition. They'll go walk to the piazza and sit down and have some ice cream or some coffee. And then they walk home and then it's time to turn in. So it's a whole different lifestyle than what we do. We work yep. entirely too much here. And maybe that was Matthew's problem. You know, he was working yeah. entirely too much yeah. and not feeding himself yep. properly. And oh, that was a tangent. Eating <laughs> eating junk. Yeah. Eating bad food. bad, And the food that we eat is not natural. A lot of it, if you shop in those... Process. He's eating too much processed food. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if he's eating, if they're having bagged blood... Yeah, yeah. It's processed It's processed. They add stuff to that bad blood to keep it going, right? Yeah. The true blood. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're on a tangent. I know, I know, I know. No, like bag, like, okay, so when I needed that transfusion a couple of years ago, I mean... Something keeps that blood going. Yeah, something keeps that. Yeah, I mean, so they there, add there stuff to it in in the blood. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Process somewhat. Anyway, we we kind of woo, in the ditch. Sorry, <laughs> and it wasn't me for twelve. Was me for change. Oh, it was yeah. me for hours. <laughs> it was both of us. Sorry, sorry. Okay, 
Okay, so <laughs> somehow they wound up after they were done with Chef. They somehow wind up wind up passing Mart's room, and yeah. um, the men aren't allowed in there. Now, I found that funny and fascinating. No, none of the men. I mean, did did they see her as kind of witchy? I, I mean, it's so. not. It wasn't too far away right. from witch's lore, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and Mart was probably pretty terrifying in her way, right? <laughs> Get out of my room. <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine, yeah, I would imagine they weren't allowed in there for a lot of reasons. I think Mart ruled the roost in that room. That was her room. And Louisa was in there sometimes. And then I think they all had their own superstitions. Yeah. It's and the true. fact that Isabeau didn't even go in there probably made them give it a wide berth. True. So I don't know. Uh, Whatever Louisa was doing in there gives me the creeps just thinking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes me really uneasy. Knowing what we know. Fuck yeah. What wouldn't she do? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. So uh, an earthenware pot stood in neat rows on the shelf and the floor was swept clean and there was something medicinal mint in the tang in the air and reminded me of the scent that sometimes drifted from the housekeeper's clothes. Three of them were blocking the doorway. They didn't let her in. They're like, the men are not allowed in here. And only Mart, Mademoiselle Louisa spent time in the still room. Not even Madame de Claremont disturbs this place. And I think Isabel was, it was just her choice to stay out of there. I, I think Isabel knew enough. I don't fuck with that shit. So Mart takes yeah. care of it. I mean, I don't know. It could have, it could have reminded her of witchcraft too. And she doesn't like witches. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And has like a secret admiration. She's like, I think she's a secret fan. <laughs> doesn't like witches, but <laughs> <Yeah>. she. <laughs> Haters are just fans in the I denial. know. Yep. Bitch, you're a fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And thank you, Adam Rippon. Exactly. And then I guess this is the part where she starts seeing the time spooling in the corners of the room. Oh, this made me really uneasy. Yeah. Yeah? Because she's hearing Peter Knox's voice as this is happening. Right. So... That's what made me uneasy. When you're seeing that... Okay. When you read that the time was spooling in the corner, what was your impression of what was going on at that time? What... what? I want to hear what you guys thought. Something was out of whack. Yeah. Time wanted her to come home. She needed to go back where she belonged. I right. think that it, I thought something in the present was getting messed up. Like, or... Just, I don't know. Like when they say timey-wimey, that's what I felt. Something, well, I think something was happening in the parallel universe at that point in time that she would have paid attention to Mm -hmm. once, if she was home. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a kid tugging on your skirt, like, we need to go now. Yeah. We need to go now. That's how I took it. Mom. That's what I mean. It was like calling her back. Mom. Like that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. So she smelled rosemary. Yeah. For remembrance. And then she wanted to make contact. And then remember, this time it was Mart's voice echoing the memory now, naming out the herbs and instructing (gasps) her to take the tea. That damn tea. Tea is back. Yep. (laughs) The damn tea. Right. Only only she only grabbed the box on her own accord this time. I'm finally. Well, yeah, because she's about to get the D and she knew it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> That's just bad. <laughs> you're, just, you're just hoping she's going to get the D. We still I still got know. three more. I was like, she's like the three D. more chapters. <laughs> There's like three more chapters till we get to the D. Oh, God. Okay. And then this, the calendar discussion came up and I had, at, at the time on first read, I'm like, what? Wait a minute. What? And then it, the English refused to acknowledge the Pope's new calendar. There was that. And I had no idea that was happening at the time. I didn't realize there was such a disjunction 
in the time between one area of Europe and another area of Europe based on religion. Did it give you a headache like it did Diana? I would think so. Having to count back all the time. I know when I have to count back, or it's like minus seven hours for uh, Greenwich Mean Time to our time when I'm figuring out flight plans. I know that still drives me crazy today. (laughs) But having to figure out days like that? No. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. No, thank you. Too much math. (laughs) Math is hard. Anyway, so she goes on to say she time walked more than four centuries and had not lost a single hour. Yet her trip from Elizabeth, England to war-torn France had cost me nearly three weeks instead of 10 days. And then I smothered a sigh and wrote down the correct dates on the top of the page. And that means Advent will be on Sunday. And of course, all these dates kind of got lost on me. I'm like, okay, what's Advent? I don't... Oh, oh, that's it's pretty remarkable that especially, you know, not being... Being pagan. Yeah, being pagan that she would just pull it out of the air. Oh, that's Advent. I don't even know that. I mean, yes, it's four weeks before Christmas, but I don't know. Oh, well, Sunday will be Advent. <laughs> yes. like, how do you know these things? Wow. Right. Yeah. So the village and Matthew will fast until the night before Christmas. Is that a thing? Is that was that yes. a thing, or is it yes, still it a was. thing? Is it still a thing now? It, it's still a thing. You're supposed to fast uh, from Advent, which is like the beginning of December, up, and you're preparing for the birth of Jesus. Yeah, and then you have the big fish dinner on Christmas Eve if you're Italian, and the seven the feast of seven fishes, I think it is. Yeah. Huh. Well, that would keep your figure. <laughs> there would be no New Year's run to the gym. I mean, this is true. fasting before Christmas. Imagine you get really hungry and your stomach shrinks, and then after a few bites, you'd be like, "Oh, I'm so full." <laughs> And you don't get the advent calendars with little chocolates in them either. I know. Oh, no. <laughs> That's kind of the opposite idea, isn't it? Right. Or, yeah. or the advent calendars no, with little boozes in them. I know. <laughs> or or no Christmas cookie exchanges. Right. right. Yeah. Because the whole run up to Christmas is now fill your face and then buy a gym membership yeah. in January. So And ignore it yeah. in February. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, just, just like from the line from True Blood when she said, I'm not this new age Catholicism. This is the hard core medieval Catholicism. <laughs> and and because Matthew yeah. does practice. I mean, he does fast. So even though he's puny, he's going to fast yeah. again. Huh. Yep. All right. So what happens on the 17th? And then uh, that's what she asked. And Saturnalia is brought up. And this is my first. I've heard of Saturnalia before, but I never knew the origins. And this being brought up in this book made me look further into it. Saturnalia, Madame Pierre said, the celebration dedicated to the god of the harvest. Sir Philippe still observes the old ways. And these are ancient ways, of course. Um, hasn't been practiced since the last days of the Roman Empire, according to Diana. And I imagine that's true because it was, Diana was written by Deb, so I'm going to trust Deb. There we go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I guess we get our first hint, though, of Philippe's got to be pretty old. We don't know yes. exactly yet. Yes. Mm-hmm. She goes to Alain. She's like, let's begin in the, at the beginning. What, what exactly is happening in this house this weekend? And uh, Alain explains it to her. And finally, after all of this is done, and then she wraps up with Pierre and Alain. Matthew has come back and he's in better spirits. His attitude towards his father was more natural and forced for the first time. And then here comes Philippe. He's like, Diana, stepping from behind his son. He reaches for the nearest book, took it to the fire, leafing through the pages. You're reading the history of the Franks. Not for the first time, I trust. See, now when I'm reading this the first time, all of this is foreign to me. All of these books, and I'm like, these have to be things that are known by academics. Well, but, but the other thing is too that's so neat about it when you look into it. Yeah. It's like, he's like, yeah, oh, you're reading this book. I really love it. And then you find out in the 8th century or whenever it was written, it was kind of like 
the Tom Clancy bestseller of the oh okay. Because there's, there's like giants and all kinds of adventure in it, and I think not only that, I think there's a hint. There, there's a hint that the De Claremonts inspired some of the stories. Yeah, I mean because they're talking about the giants. He's talking about the giant, and he's talking about Matthew being a giant going to school with him with Gregory. Yeah, well, it, but then there, there's also the giant in the story. I think is I can't pronounce his name. Hegel. We'll have it in the show notes. But anyways, he this this giant of a king also shows up in Beowulf, and I'm almost wondering if he belongs to a different vampire clan. Mm. Oh. And that's not the last time Philippe's going to be fascinated with giants in this story. This is true. So so I feel like Diana's showing off a little bit, saying, you both must be hungry. Chef sent you a meal here. Why don't you tell me about your morning? Like, look... I handled your little stupid household and I'm bringing yeah. you a meal. What else you got for me? And then, of course, Matthew's like, I don't need to eat. And then Philippe's like, OK, shut up. You do. Yeah, you do. And then your wife did something nice for you. Just don't be a jackass. Right. Don't be a right. dick. Just sit down, eat. And then um, Diana's like, yes, you do. It's partridge blood, which you should be able to stomach at this hour. I hope you will hunt tomorrow, though. And Saturday, too. If you plan intend to fast for the next, whoa, four weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Four weeks. <laughs> yep. Did people really do that? I don't know anyone. These they, Even at school, they don't have them. It's not uh, something that the parishioners or I don't I don't know. I'm sure people do. Yeah. But it's not, not like Lent. No, right. Lent is serious. Yeah. So if you intend to fast for the next four weeks, you have to feed while you can. And then she thanked Alon, who bowed, shot a veiled glance at his master and left hastily. Yours is stag's blood, Philippe. It is drawn only this morning. And she's like, look at me. I'm serving up all the shit you guys like. What else you got for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Matthew's like, what do you know about partridge blood and fasting? And then she's like, more, oh. than, more than I did yesterday, yo. I got this. I told you. I've been, I've been busy. <laughs> and then Philippe's like, you know what? I'm going to go eat this over here while you guys argue. <laughs> and I'm like, well, um, this is like, an I'm argument? I'm done with your ass. <laughs> I'm done with your ass. Right. And there's no argument. Matthew must remain healthy. And then she goes on to say, how was your day, dear? I she just a... keeps rolling. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Oh, I know. And, and she was so clearly putting on the show and not being absolutely transparent about, okay, you want me to play this game? I'm going to play this game and win this game. Yeah. I think Philippe appreciated it. Next level. Yep. Yeah. He even thanks her. But Diana's still a little suspicious of him. She says, here, those unnatural eyes that miss nothing continue to watch me as Matthew described their morning. A sensation of spring thaw told me that Philippe's uh, attention moved on to his son. And I think, like New England Angela said, I think she was on to something there. The spring thaw was the turning point. That was where Philippe was like, yeah, she's the one. She's spent her whole life trying not to draw attention to herself. So that's true. And hiding in the library and staying in the shadows and not socializing and then to have the attention of somebody like her, him on her. Yeah, this is true. Had to be really different for her. Uncomfortable, I would think. Yes, for her. yes, yes. Intense. Yeah, because she's never dealt with somebody who's just in your face. He, I mean, there's, if there's anything I can use to describe Philippe, he is in your face and he doesn't care. Right. Yeah. You know, and he shouldn't, you know, he's Philippe. That's no. yeah. just how it right. is. Why would he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing about it is he's in your face and he doesn't care. And sometimes when we're in the scene with him, it's like he's in, can be incredulous that you feel like, you know, that, that you sense that he's in your face. It's, it's true. Like, Why are you intimidated by me? Like, even when he's not trying to intimidate somebody. Yeah. Like, I'm 
just me. I'm just a guy. That's true. That's true. Matthew, or I'm sorry, Philippe takes off and Matthew turns to uh, Diana and says, how did you find the kitchen? And uh, she says, fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. And that's where we end this chapter. Do you guys have any comments before I go on? No. Let's <laughs> before get you out. Slam your gavel? No. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Going, going. Yeah. Going once. Gone. Going twice. Sold. Okay. We're ending chapter nine discussion right here. Yes. Yay. Yay. And now let's go on to housekeeping. Jean, what do you have? I have a lovely email from Linda M. Just had a lovely time listening to the podcast, the one with the creepers, and got caught up in the notions about how why Diana's book ended up in the Gunclavis archive. My notion is that when Gallic last did a sweep of the old lodge after Diana and Matthew left, he gave it into his feelings for Diana and wanted to keep an inconsequential something of hers for himself. He's a sentimental soul. Too far fetched? Cheers, Linda. I don't think too far fetched, Linda. Not too far fetched. No. Nope. nope. I think no. uh, you're onto something there. It's Dad's attic. Yep. <laughs> yep. For sure. All right. Full circle back to dad's attic. That makes perfect sense. Thanks for writing in, Linda. I appreciate it. Woo. Anyway. Yay. (laughs) Anyway, um, uh, let's see. From Nancy, who also wrote in, I just wanted to send a note to say thank you. I have listened to the past, in the past, to a few of your podcasts and have enjoyed them immensely. The last couple of weeks at work have been quite stressful and the mood rather depressing. I decided to download more of the podcasts to listen to while I work. They have helped greatly, putting a smile on my face and making me laugh. And in parentheses, she says, hard to keep quiet. And I think my coworkers must wonder what I'm listening to. Thank <laughs> you for making a difficult time better. And you're welcome, Nancy. Aww, That's thank you, Nancy. For. You're welcome. Yay. That is awesome. I love it. Angela, what do you have? I have a five-star review oh, from... Angela <laughs> You can live another Uh, It's from Midwife and Moon Lover from the USA. For anyone wishing to find true, witty, and knowledgeable insight and fun into the All Souls world, this is the podcast. The three lovely lady demons keep amazing, objective, and down-to-earth discussions flowing and real. Whether summarizing chapters, keeping up with the upcoming Discovery of Witches TV, housekeeping, or just getting down to those things we can't let go of in the fandom. Valerie, Jean, and Angela do it superbly and make it look effortless. You can be sure you will get much from this podcast and more. Hashtag feed your demons. Hashtag demon kisses. Dora. Oh, Dora. Thank you, Dora. Oh, my God. I'm glad we make it look effortless, but sometimes it's an effort, y'all. I'm just saying. Sometimes it hurts. Jerry. Anyway, if you're here, Jerry, I'm just saying, what are we doing? What are we on to next? Oh, save it for the show. We have one, guys. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. This episode, Save It for the Show, is the world of all souls. So go ahead, you guys. Tell us about it. The the buildup is, is we have been blessed by the folks at the publisher and received the sampler that was, sampler arc that was being offered through NetGalley. And it's paperback and it's fabulous. Yeah, it is fabulous. I haven't opened mine yet. I got it last night, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do like a YouTube-style unboxing on a podcast. This might fail terribly, but I'm going to do it now. So I got my scissors. 
We can hear it. Extra yeah. crinkly. I like it. <laughs> I hate these things from Penguin Man. I always feel like I'm going to rip into Oh, and the- salute to Will Martin, oh. our man at Penguin. That's right. <laughs> That's right. God love you, Will. He's been with us for years. Yes, he has. Okay, so I'm pulling this out, and it's just kind of a little thin pamphlet, which is going to be the opposite of what we actually get once we get the book. And it says, it's got a little sticker on it that says, well, it's not a sticker. It looks like a sticker, but it's just a little blot. Advanced Mm -hmm. uncorrected proofs, not for sale. And let me open it up. Oh, look at this. So go on and talk while I'm looking at this stuff, guys. So the World of All Souls, uh, the complete guide to Discovery Witches, Shadow of Night, and the Book of Life um, is going to be a 600 page plus book available on May 8th. And it's the inspiration behind the novels. And Deb is going to share character bios and maps and recipes and other fun information that we don't know about the characters, places, people, place and things that are in the All Souls universe and even outtakes. So things that didn't make it into the books, but she actually wrote um, will be in there, too. Yes. And and the sampler we got is, what, 18 pages of 18 random pages from... Mm-hmm. The uh, bigger book. And so basically, it's not like, well, they gave us a chapter or they gave us a, so it's like bits and pieces of things, but they're big enough bits that it's like, it's delicious. It, I it's, mean, it's it, like an, yeah. Yeah. I just got to the character page, you guys, where it's like the full, I don't want to spoil it. It's just like a full list of the characters and there's a beautiful uh, drawing accompanying it. And yeah, it's, it's, God, this is going to be great. I have to say it is black and white right now. We don't get any full color pictures in this. I think I mentioned there may be a couple of, uh, full color panels in, yeah. in the hardcover. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying in the sample, it is black and white. Yeah. Just to kind of give us a teaser. And she did mention at the con in 2017 that they were trying to get the publisher to agree to those fold-out pages. Like if you have a copy of the Voynich manuscript that she contributed to, there's plenty of those in there. But she said it's so costly. But just based on Mm -hmm. the sampler, it's going to be fabulous without the fold-out pages. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It does not need gatefold pages. No. Oh, wow. Look at this. Um, I'm sitting here gasping. Oh, wow. Look at this. This is, I don't even have to. I don't need to get to. The la- Did you get to the last page yet? No, I haven't. I, I am at um, <gasps> um, Mary Sidney's laboratory. It doesn't describe mm-hmm. it as that way, but I see the drawing on the wall. I know. Isn't that fabulous? Oh, it's so pretty. Okay. And, and, and the carotid tables. Yes. Look. Oh, wow. Wow. Colleen really did a really good job with this because normally we joke that a lot of her stuff is very... Um, it's more like her children's books. Yeah. very. She, when she's just having fun and being casual, it's very much like her children's It's very books. young adult, but this is certainly not art that is beautiful. Oh, we did. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at this a Discovery Witches outtake. And I'm yeah. like, oh yes. my God! <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, totally. I'm not going to say it because I can't spoil it, you guys. No, but, don't. Uh, uh. Oh, it is, it's like, oh my God. When you read it, it's like, oh my God. Oh, wow. She even did a little drawing of Deb. Look at it's that. It's cute, isn't it? Her little picture. I know. I know. Oh, <laughs> oh look. She goes on to uh, describe the Julian and Gregorian calendars of Shadow of Night, what uh-huh. we were just talking uh-huh. about. <gasps> uh-huh. Okay, I'm on the, the last page. page. I'm on the last page. Ah! Oh, wow. I know. 
You know what, guys? I was thinking about giving this away for giveaway, but I'm not gonna. Oh, no. I can't. No. Oh, I no. cannot. No. I cannot. I was gonna be like, you know, after this publishes, I can give this away for giveaway. Hell no. It's mine. Sorry. Oh, oh my God. It's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. I got home I got home late from the airport the night it came, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'm just gonna wait and not open it up. And I'm like, oh, no. I have to open it up. Yeah. I just have to open it up. And I was already asleep, and I'm like trying not to make noise oh, as I'm going wow. through this going oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god I know I know so sorry audience this save it for the show was nothing but us gushing I am saying I cannot wait for this book anymore if this is just 16 18 pages this yes. is just 18 pages right I want the whole big fat book and I'm right. sure when we do a giveaway we'll give away the whole big fat book but no one's getting this because this was my initial impression and ah oh, I love it oh my it. god it's swoony it is so swoony. Whoa, what I hit I was that raising me. my hand and I hit the lamp. <laughs> <laughs> Angela got so so excited she's trashing her room. I know. That's terrible. <laughs> it does say the essential handbook is a must-have for longtime fans and eager newcomers alike. It is true. I mean, that's not just hype. That is the honest truth. Oh. If this this is just like the very tippy tip of the iceberg. Oh my God, what are the other six hundred and forty some pages gonna right. look like? Yeah. Right. <gasps> Amazing. So audience, if you're interested in getting one of these, I know they were offering, I know the public was offering this on NetGalley. So if you happen to be a blogger, a reviewer of any kind, and you have a NetGalley... Or affiliated with a library. Or affiliated with a library, yes. Mm -hmm. You can request this title. I think it's still available to request on NetGalley. And uh, make sure your profile is updated. And Mm -hmm. tell the publishers how you share, how you share your works. And if you are a regular reviewer of things... And then most likely you will get a copy. But yeah, know. make sure your reviews are up to date because if you've taken stuff from NetGalley and you haven't posted up all your reviews, you're probably going to get a big fat no. Yes. So uh, we have these copies, but I do know they're available electronically and you would get them through NetGalley. So I'll put a link in the show notes. And uh, most likely, if you don't have a NetGalley account, you're not going to get one of these. Sorry. But no. Those of you who do, and I know there's plenty of you out there that already have a NetGalley account, you know, go ahead and, and try to apply for it. Most likely, there's no prerequisites on what you, uh, you need to be a professional, uh, what they call a professional reader. And if you consider yourself that, please outline it in your profile and you'll be able to get a copy. Mm-hmm. So that's it for our Save It for the show. And, and God knows it killed us to save it that long. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after this, we're going to we're going to go on a break and then we'll do some last thoughts and things we can't let go of. So, all right, guys, get your thoughts together. Find our podcast wherever it is you like to listen to your podcast shows. You can contact us directly by emailing us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail. Call us at 360-519-7836. Or you can reach us on SpeakPipe. And that is speakpipe.com slash demonsdiscuss. Now become a discusser. And how you do that is go to demonsdiscuss.com. Scroll down, fill out the little short form, name, email address, Fill out the code so we know you're not a spammer. Submit that and you'll be a discusser and we'll just get to discuss things. So do that. We embed a form on each and every one of the show notes so you can just fill that out too. That's an easy way to get a hold of us. And don't forget to visit our home 
database that is demonsdomain.com. Everything we're doing, you'll find there, including our giveaways, our blog posts on the characters, on places. See everywhere Angela goes because she makes some trips, let me tell you. And we can't wait to hear from you. We'll see you on the internet. Oh, my last thought is, I think I'm almost looking forward to uh, World of All Souls more than Times Convert at this particular moment after getting the taste of what World of All Souls is going to be like. I don't think we even covered Times Convert on the podcast yet. We haven't even talked about it. No. Oh my gosh, we haven't. That's right. So that that's good to bring it up right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's my last thought. We've got a title <laughs> and a cover for Marcus's new book, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> well played, Gene. Well played. Yeah. <laughs> What is this book you speak of? <laughs> it's the story of Marcus, and we got a blurb too. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes! But then again, we know we we know not to trust blurbs because don't forget what happened with the blurb we got for Book of Life. <laughs> I do forget that was a long time ago. Remind yeah, that was us. the blurb that talked about betrayal and war and oh, final right. battles. All oh, right. Well, we didn't get any of those. Just not well. We did, but not how we imagined. Not how we were perceiving. Not how it was sold. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they oversold the final battle. Nonetheless, the Marcus book goes between the past and the present and talks about vampire families and making of vampires. So we'll see. We'll see how uh, it all plays yeah. out. I'm, I'm looking at it as a, a two-course meal this year. I mean, I think it's going to be two yeah. entrees between The World of All Souls on May 8th and then Times Convert on September 25th. And we have All Souls kind of in between that. So maybe it's a three-course meal. Let me let me rephrase that. I think we're going to have a, a lot of Paris which kind of makes me yes. happy. I do too. A new world. Yeah. Huh. I am, like I said, I am not going to project any expectations because the last time I did that, I was sad. Val was sad. <laughs> Val is still sad about not getting the goddess story. Oh my God, my wounds. <laughs> I don't know. I'm usually not a, I'm usually not this kind of person. You know, I'm very cautious, but I'm going to be all in with both. I was all in a couple episodes ago with the world of all souls and I wasn't disappointed by the sampler and I'm going to be all in with, oh, no. with everything else, with all souls kind. I forgot four course meal um, because we had the TV I know, show. Too. And Times Convert, it, just the cover is just such a delight. And it's like there's so many layers to it. It's like peeling an onion. The yes. US cover is beautiful. Yes. It is. And I suspect beautiful. it was Tail did it again. And he did. If, if so, even if it wasn't Tal, whoever did it, did a fantastic they job. They carried on the legacy. It was, it's fantastic. Yes. You know what? I want to have him on the podcast. We will. And we can now. <laughs> yes. We're putting that out in the universe, Tal. Come talk to Come us. Come talk to us. If it was him, we'll figure it out. We'll find you. And we're going to drag you on this podcast and ask you all kinds of crazy questions. Yes. Anyway. And for list listeners who are out there, Tal is the one who designed the first three covers of the U.S. Uh, books for the All Souls trilogy. And we do have an interview with him on paper or, or virtual paper. So you can check that out in our master post list. That's true. Yeah. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So let's get to my last thoughts because these are epic. This is an epic last thought. Patreon is now open, everybody. And we did a small announce on our Facebook group. And the response was overwhelming. Oh, my. Mind-blowing. Overwhelming, mind-blowing. Oh, my God. I can't even begin to uh, (laughs) express my my appreciation. It's it's stunning in the best way. Oh, my God. God. I mean, we had our first goal. I didn't expect to get to our first goal until like a month in. We blew past our first two goals. I mean, blew past them within a matter of hours. Blew past them. Crazy. 
So what Patreon is, and I guess I should probably explain it because we have not explained it or articulated. I think our last episode, we kind of touched on it. Yeah. And we said, we're opening a Patreon page. And if you guys want to give, that's cool. And we're thinking about behind the scenes, what we're going to offer is incentives. Okay. So it is now open. And what Patreon is, is a way for artists. It's kind of a tip jar for artists, basically. It's, you know, the street artists that are like when we were in New Orleans, all those people playing jazz out on, the, out on the streets and people are throwing money at them. It, this kind of the same thing, but it's virtual. And what it does, it, it helps artists, it helps podcasters, people who produce uh, content on blogs to help support what they're doing. Um, the reason why we decided, we opened up a Patreon account about a year ago and we're like, you know, just in case it gets to a point where we feel like we need help. Well, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that that happened. It, it got to a point where we felt we need help. Um, we just purchased three new microphones, and I hope you appreciate the audio because uh, it improves my process. I don't have to spend as much time editing the uh, episodes as much as I did, but it wound up costing about $300 with tax and accessories. And we probably have to buy some booms for Angela and Jean, too. <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> because, I didn't do anything. <laughs> well, and where am I going to put this boom in my closet? I don't know. You might need a, like a, a a little desk or a TV tray, like I did last time we recorded. <laughs> Get one of those nice wooden TV trays. There you okay, go, Mom. We can do it that way. Anyway, so that yeah, costs I, money. I'm the kid. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that costs money. Sorry. Um, um, little things cost money, like um, just little incidentals that we pay for all the time. Postage, because we do international giveaways. And if we want to send a book and something else to, let's say, Portugal. And uh, and the top of the mountain in Portugal. Right. <laughs> so uh, Angela had something at her house. I had something on at my house. And we both paid $25 out of our own pockets to get that prize package there. Not that that's a problem, but it gets... It's costly. Everything costs. Everything adds up. And and we don't, I was going to say, we don't want to do US only no, right, giveaways. Right. We want to do international giveaways. And, and this is one way that we can do those more often. Yeah. Our love is worldwide, as big as the fandom. Well, I'm, I'm sure the listeners right now are saying, well, okay, so we get into Patreon. This is what you've told us what you're going to get out of it. What are we going to get out of it as a listener? Okay. A supporter and a patron. All right. As a Very supporter nice. of us, all levels of patrons will be getting an after show from us. And what that means is the weeks that you don't have Demons Discuss, you will get Demons Discuss the after show. And uh, we don't know what that is yet, just like we didn't know what Demons Discuss was when we started it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you'll be taking a journey with us <laughs> and we'll figure out what the after show actually is going to be. But yes, you will get extra content from us, meaning extra episodes. So it'll be Demons Discuss one week and then the next week it'll be demons discuss the after show you only need a dollar a month 
If you give us a dollar a month, you will have that show. And then as you go up the tiers, uh, the Patreon tiers that we set up, you will get more. We have stickers. You can sponsor a segment like Save It For The Show is sponsored by Patron. Your name here. You know, (laughs) that will happen. I have to say, though, that we couldn't do this without you. And thank you. Even before we were getting money for this, we couldn't do if there was no one listening, we wouldn't have a podcast. And we have so many listeners right now that it's unbelievable. And I try to keep blinders on still thinking it's we're ta- mind-boggling we're, yeah. we're, we're still talking to the same 10 people that was but- yes <laughs> that, well, 10 of you <laughs> that was my forgotten thought my not my last thought but my forgotten thought is that this has blown up beyond our wildest dreams so we're just upgrading and wanting to bring more fun and more things and more fandom love to everybody right so at this level once we reach this goal we will be able to get demons discuss its own website right now it is sharing with demons domain and unfortunately that little blog database is not meant for a full-on podcast so it's carrying both it's carrying the load of both and it gets confusing when you go to our site where the podcast is where it begins and where the posts begin and end so we're going to separate that we're going to hey you want to listen to the podcast boom it's going to take you a different site and you can go through the show notes on that website meanwhile if you want to look at our blog posts you can come to this website they'll both They'll both still be connected, but it'll be an easier experience for somebody coming to visit us. Right now, you go to Demon's Domain, you can click on the podcast and follow the show notes. But if you use my maze of links to get to the list of show, it's too much. So it's time to pull the plug on that. We had no idea that Demon's Discuss would take off like it did. And it does warrant its own website right now. So that's going to happen. Um, we'll be able to pay for equipment at this level and we will be able to offset some of our... Uh, uh, maybe Uber costs when we travel. <laughs> so little things. Um, we'll be able to have guests on without having to worry about them having the technical skills and knowledge to record. Because right now we've only had Laura, Shelly, and Allie on. And we had to talk them through. Not so much Shelly, but Laura and Allie. We had to talk them through recording their own voice and sending it to me so I could put it all together. Uh, we had, There's an app that we can subscribe to. I think it runs between $10 and $20 a month. We'll be able to afford that now. So now if we want to have an interview with Tal, we can, and it's not going to be an effort. So thank you to all of our patrons. There are 26 of you right now. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we're working on getting you the first episodes of the after show out. And we're doing that today. So hear from us soon on our off weeks. And thank you again. I just, it blew me away. Thank you so much. All right. So Angela, what do you have? Oh, (laughs) I didn't think I was going to have a last thought. I thought I was going to get away. Um, Discovery Witches TV. They're done filming. It's a wrap for season one. So right as we are recording right now, they are celebrating and busting or cutting a rug and uh, at the wrap party. And there's the whole day has been full of goodbye messages and just drunken creatures. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So lots of drunken creatures. They do say still follow Discovery Witches TV on Instagram because they're going to do flashback days of uh, behind the scenes and vampires.
vampires and they're going to have a witch Wednesday and all that kind of stuff. So they're going to keep the fun rolling. Mm-hmm. And I, that was my wish in my last episode is that they keep the fun rolling, that they're squirreling away some footage and outtakes and everything to share with us. So my next wish, I think crossing they fingers, you. crossing yeah, fingers. Yeah. How about the U.S. distributor? That would be very good uh, to get that out May there. May upfronts are coming. Yes. Yeah, that would be cool. Hopefully I know. we get we our keep, answer. Yeah, we keep saying May. So let's keep our fingers crossed. Right. And after we quit recording here, I will update the TV page. So by the time yep. you hear this, the TV page will be updated. So <laughs> that will be my goal. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I think <sighs> we've said it all. Yeah, we've yes, told we the people what they need to know. So I think on this note, we say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you next time. And for those of you patrons, we'll talk to you next week. And the rest of you will talk to you in a fortnight. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye.